Katie from Yeah No Yeah. But you already knew that because you're about to listen to our show. But I wanted to pop in here to invite you to a super secret slumber party hosted on Patreon. For just $4 a month, you can get access to a bonus episode, Molly's notes, and other fun things. I don't actually know if we're offering anything else. I just wanted to say that. Bye. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. Okay. Hi, my name's Molly, and I'm a medium woman, a small man, and a husky child. (laughs) Hi, I'm Katie, and much like Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon, I'm too old for this shit. Uh, Yeah, we are too old for this shit. I feel like you and I were in our early 30s, and this episode, the working title of which was uh, Early Career Horror, colon, Sexual Harassment and Getting Fired. Um, We're both at a point now in our careers where I feel like we've learned some stuff, we've made some mistakes, and uh, we both have jobs that I think that work we're comfortable with. We're oh, comfortable yeah. in. We feel like we know what we're doing. Yeah. For, the, for, for me, for the first time. Um, I wanted to talk, so last episode we talked about school. So this, uh, this episode I wanted to, or, you know, elementary school, uh, elementary to high school. So this episode, I wanted to talk more about early jobs, Mm. uh, how bad they are and, uh, the push, how they push you to go to college, the pressures to go to college. And we'll touch a little bit on student debt. I don't know a whole lot about that, but we'll. We'll talk oh, about must that. be nice. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. Katie's alluding to the fact that I uh, didn't pay for my college. I uh, I had a tiny little scholarship, and then the rest was covered um, by my family members. So I'm one of the few Americans who got to attend college, and I don't have any of the financial scars to. No, show it's a beautiful it. thing. But I've got, you know, I'm gonna pay it forward. Not You're yet. gonna pay for someone's school. You know, one, one the next listener that joins, <laughs> Molly will pay for your student debt. Join our <laughs> Patreon, four dollars a month. Um, yeah, no. When I thought pay it forward, I was immediately like to my own children because that's how generational worth, uh, uh, generation, ge- hmm, generational wealth works. Is um, you invest in the future. In own- of only your own genetic yeah. <laughs> progeny. Sorry. Oh, I didn't invent evolution. No, you didn't. Anyway, um, so, so, <laughs> what an exciting start. Um, so my, uh, my jobs, uh, so we both worked as teenagers, which mm-hmm. I've learned. I read in a, uh, in a, what was it? It was from the Pew Research Center. I believe that um, teen jobs are on the decline. Like, uh, oh, like teens don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. 
they, um, hmm. yeah, they, um, it's uh, over the past two decades, it's been a steady, steady decline. And that's happening all uh, across advanced economies, not just the US. I wonder why that is. Do people not want to hire teens or teens don't need to work? That I don't know. Uh, based on my own experience, I think that the there's so much emphasis on getting into college and uh, yeah. that I feel like that, that teens' time is all taken up by that. Because as we'll see, a lot of your future earnings depend on whether or not you go to college. Yes. So it kind of makes sense for parents. And also just, I feel like that, uh, again, I don't know, but it seems like it makes sense to me that that's part of the overall trend that we've seen of just childhood lasting longer and longer. Too long. Perhaps too long. You could argue anyone who's, I think, interacted with a teen, most teens, it is hard to get them to look up from their phone. I hate to sound so old. Yeah, we, it's funny because it's like I definitely had a cell phone, but we didn't have, I had like it, a flip phone. It wasn't a fun phone. No, it, was it wasn't a fun phone. Calling your mom to tell her where and when to pick you up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We didn't have the same dis like internet distractions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Sorry to sound older than Molly when I say internet yeah. distractions, but I wasn't online as much as I am now as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my jo early jobs, from what I recall, they're just an exercise in humiliation, uh, awkwardness, uh, just feeling like you don't have a leg to stand on. I really struggled to stand up for myself in any capacity mm. until very recently and just looking back at the <laughs> shit my employers got away from got away with uh, is quite shocking and if you're listening and you're early on in your career i do have some advice for you for my wizened throne of 32. what is it oh well just um <laughs> you know there are rules that your employers have to fo follow yeah. And uh, if they don't, they can get in trouble. But we're, that's going to unfold. Oh, we'll unfold as that. As goes on. So what was your... Quick pause. Are you near a plastic cup? No. Why? Am I scraping against something? It sounds like you're scraping on. Okay, we're back. Uh, Katie just informed me that my microphone was making a weird noise. I've adjusted it. Hopefully, hopefully it's not rubbing on my sweater anymore. <laughs> uh, so Katie... Tell me about your teen summer job experiences. My teen jobs went throughout the year. I didn't only work in the summer. Some of us oh, were poor. Oh, who, who, who? Some get, get, of us were listeners. Poor. Get ready to. I hope you have a tissue near you <laughs> while, while you listen to Katie's tales. <laughs> tales of teen My employment. Tales of teen full year round employment. Um, <laughs> I. So my, obviously I'm not going to count babysitting, but I will oh. now babysitting. We all were born to do, um, as women. No, uh, no, no one else. I Just was kidding. Not, <laughs> I was not allowed, uh, to be, or I was not invited that sounds to right. babysit. <laughs> Um, why, why do you say that? No, I'm just kidding. You, well, you didn't know a lot of, you were home. Well, no, I knew a lot of families with small kids because I knew a lot of people with six kids because a lot of people I knew were religious fanatics. You're right. So, but they also already had older siblings to babysit them. Um, I will say I was not a 
confident babysitter. Uh, I did not, as an only child, I didn't have, I didn't have the chops. That's all it was. I had two younger sisters who I, you know, reared basically yeah. myself. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of queen babysitter. But anyway, I won't count that as a real job. So my first job that I got paying, you will really laugh at this, um, was working in the church rectory, answering <laughs> phones. And they would pay. And I remember the priests always had Malamars, year-round Malamars in their, like, cupboard and wine and they would pay me cash and my friends would come and we would drink the wine eat the malamars never answer a phone call because no one was calling the priests for anything and it was a great first job that was my first like yeah catholic church if you can't if you can't tell but my first like real like had to sign working papers i was 16 was at a pharmacy in ShopRite. And that's like a grocery store for those Mm -hmm. outside of this area. Um, And yeah, I would do the insurance write-ups. I like did everything, you know, logged everyone's information, obviously had to sign a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't tell other people who was on what drugs that I wouldn't steal any drugs, which of course I did not. Um, Sounds like you did. And and I, I remember wanting to sell like I remember in my mind being like oh when the when we throw things out or like when you dispose of the stuff that's expired it's like you could probably still sell that and I had like a scheming thought but we I never did it I was really too uh nervous and obviously that would be against the law um but I did she didn't think she could get away with it (laughs) yeah I basically was like I wasn't a true scammer yet. So I was like, let me wait until I'm older. Have a podcast. To (laughs) to now do it. Um, And I actually like really liked that job other than I would have to like leave school, like right as the bell rang at like whatever, 320 and then walk to ShopRite, which is like a 20 minute walk, get in and sign in by four. And I worked till nine every night, five days a week. And were you able and to do homework while I would you do were... it there because like it wasn't busy. And I like a lot of our friends growing up, they were like their parents would like bring me dinner, which was very cute because they would always be at ShopRite and they were like, here, we saw you working. Oh. Here's here's like a little salad. Andrew, my now fiance's dad used to do that, which was very sweet. Wow. Um, yeah, because they lived right. I mean, they were. Shopper was sort of where parents always were, except mine. Right. Well, yeah. And he was also bringing you salad because he thought, maybe if I bring her salad as a teenager 20 years from now, she'll marry my son. And won't he just be so lucky to marry this little cashier? And I was adorable with my little white lab coat and my little name tag. And so I have a a heartwarming tale, if I may. Oh, you may. This didn't teach me much other than customer service is key. And truly, you should be uh, sweet to everyone, even if they're kind of rude to you. I'm sorry to say, but that customer to customers, don't be nice to mean bosses. But when I was working there, a friend of mine also worked at night with, some, with me some nights. And this old guy, Mr. Bender, um, really old crotchety old guy would come get his medicine he he had something where he had to take something every day so he came literally every day and one week months into the job i didn't see him it was like his son would come and get it 
And I was like, what, where is your dad? Like, is he okay? He's like, oh no, he's actually honestly really sick. So we put his like, so he's like, I'll come at the end of the week and get all his pills. Cause right now he, he's in the hospital. He's fine. He has what he needs. So his son comes back to get his stuff and Amory and I drew him a bunch of cards and we decorated the box and we were like, and he was, I mean, when I say he was crotchety, he would like make fun of my hair all the time. He called me Mick Jagger. He said, I look like Mick Jagger. Like he was like kind of rude to us. You did. In all fairness. I kind of still do. And uh, yeah, no, I really, really did, especially when I was younger. And so we drew, you know, I was like, feel better. We miss you. And then the next time I saw him, which was like a month later, he gave me and Amory each a check for $2,000 to put towards college. Oh my God. That's he a said, classic. Isn't that sweet? He was like, you need to, you're really good kids. And I hope that you do something with your lives. I think he thought we were bums because we were working, but we were poor. <laughs> we had no choice. I, that's a classic tale of, yeah, that is something I will say, well, I never had an experience that heartwarming. I did have a lot of experiences of like, be nice to crotchety old people, certainly. Uh, 100%. It's like, I feel ones. like a lot of fairy tales are based around that premise. It's like, you'd be nice to them, and then they A, won't curse you, and B, will line your coffers with gold. Yeah, it was very sweet. <laughs> and I remember it, you know, it cost me nothing to decorate his pill bag. <laughs> like, it was very silly, yeah. um, and it was very sweet. And that was my, that, I remember that being just a really good lesson and then winding up later in life doing like other things in customer service and then eventually like sales and sort of stuff that I do now. Kill them with kindness. It's a, a tale as old as time, but it really is true. And I will say Katie is such a good scammer and swindler today. Not really, but you know, <laughs> she is like, I will say that Katie is someone who relies a lot on uh, charm and yes. not relies, but has gotten, charm. gotten of, of far by just, yeah, Being putting charming. on, putting on that face and just making a face right lighting now. up the room and Thank people you. say, you know what? Give her a lot of money. <laughs> they say I'm invested. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, think I got Molly to do the show with me for five years. She does all the work. I just I, show up. I charm her to death. Uh, it's a thing that vampires do, g g glamorizing, <laughs> what's it called? When they just look into your eyes and you do what they want. Maybe that's Star Wars. Look, I'm not great with folklore. Never seen it. Um, so, <laughs> no, okay, actually, now I'm remembering my teen job also wasn't just during the summer, but it was See? only like a couple days a week. And it wasn't because I was, and I did get that job because my parents were giving me an allowance, but then they would say, we didn't like your behavior this week. We're taking away $5. Wow. And I was like, fuck you. And then I'm going to go get a job and you're going to drive me there and pick me up. And they were like, okay. We will. <laughs> God. She drives a hard bargain. Um, so yeah, so I worked at this stupid dry cleaners. I was really, I'll say that my big takeaway is uh, men are disgusting and will come in and will develop an intense customer loyalty to a store that only staffs cute teenage girls. Oh God, that is definitely true. There were a lot of guys who showed up and with their 
collared shirts that were stained with yellow sweat in their disgusting sports cars on their third marriages who were obviously just so like creepily flirty and just like wanted to talk not not especially to me but I had a uh, hotter co-workers who bore more of the brunt of this and they were just so interested in their lives and it just really makes me sick thinking back on it that was my big take yeah, takeaway I didn't learn sick. anything about well being that's high. when you learned yeah that's when you learned men well never I never be kind to young men only old crotchety men who might have right. money. Right. These were men in their 40s, which is frankly Ugh. a difficult age for men. <laughs> they really go through something when that <laughs> four zero hits. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then like right out of, uh, or my summer jobs were in college, were uh, working at Victoria's Secret for like two months. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was a horrible job because you had to, you were really under a lot of pressure to sell angel cards, which are credit cards that you can only sell, that you can only use to buy panties. Yeah. Which um, is psychotic. <laughs> it makes no sense. And I knew this. And so it was really hard for me to sell credit to push the angel cards. And card. who would want it? Like teens, I imagine. I learned from this job that I am a horrible salesperson. Um, the only person I ever managed to convince to sign up for an angel card was a woman who had a, who had a lot of shopping bags and she's the kind of person where you look at her and you know, based on the number of shopping bags she's carrying, uh, has a shopping problem. Oh, Molly. And I, I was like, duh, don't you want an angel card? And then the manager came up to me so excited. And she was like, that woman applied for an angel card. Her credit score was too low to qualify for a Victoria's Secret angel card, but it still counts as a sale for you. Thumbs up. And I was like, this is disgusting. I'm going to go work yeah. at Chick-fil-A. And so I did. <laughs> also at Victoria's Secret. Much less disgusting place. Frankly, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, it was very wholesome. The managers <laughs> had two little girls. They were so cute. They only ate Chick-fil-A from what I could tell. One time I got a sandwich with lettuce and one of the little girls was like, can I try one of your salad branches? Didn't know what lettuce was. And that's fast food. That's a fast food family. <laughs> but they were so nice to me. They like, I remember on my birthday, they like got me a cake and balloons. Aww. And there was like a camaraderie among the mall employees and they would like, uh, you know, like you knew certain people's orders and they would have it made special, like the kitchen knew. It was Chick-fil-A in some circumstances is like a real restaurant where if you know the people who work there, they'll make you something special at a chicken that's not really on the menu. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, that is actually nice. But yeah, you were there for like a while, right? Yeah, I worked there. Uh, and then when I left to get my first job out of college, the manager was like, you always have a job at Chick-fil-A. But then oh, when I went really back, nice. I went back like after like some time after that to say hi and the Chick-fil-A was gone. And, and he was like, you actually don't have a job here. And I was like, where's my job? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I need that chicken money. But no, they, um, I kept my uniform for a long time, just like, just in case in the back of my head. Um, but, they, <laughs> but they, uh, but Chick-fil-A was gone. Like so many other stores in that mall. Cause it was part of the great decline in malls overall in the U S. Oh, damn. Yeah. 
I did. I, I want to talk about malls, but I also wanted to mention that when I worked at Victoria's Secret, that was when I first experienced how prolific shoplifting is. Like so much of that job is just like, take note of things being shoplifted. Don't don't stop anyone, but just take note. Just observe in a chill way. Yeah, and um, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And uh, there's, it was also a big part of the job, as anyone who's been into a Victoria's Secret knows, is pushing uh, measurements on people. Oh, like, yeah. You probably don't actually know your bra size, but I can tell you. I will say I'm very good at eyeballing a bra size. And yeah. I, I don't feel that I needed to measure, but they, like, want you to measure because it, like, loops people in. It makes you feel like you have a connection with that customer. It, I remember going into Victoria's Secret and being like, I don't want this connection with you. Like, yeah. I just want a bralette at the and time. Again, I felt that so strongly. I had a very, I'm not a salesperson. It was very hard for me to bridge that awkwardness of like, neither of us wants this. Right. One time a woman accepted a measuring from me. <laughs> Uh-oh. And seemed, uh, if anything, thrilled to have her breasts interacted uh, with so closely. And she invited me into the changing room with her and was very insistent that I stay with her through oh, no. the changing process. And she tried on bra after bra after bra. And she was in her 50s. And she really wanted to talk about her breasts, which for her age were even not for her age, they were excellent breasts um, by any account. And she really wanted to talk about them with me. And that's one of those things where I look back and as, as an adult and I'm like, I can't say for certain what was going on there for sure, but it wasn't okay. And that woman was me. <laughs> and that woman was Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I was saying that woman is now in jail. <laughs> yeah. ah, I hope so. No. I can only hope. One can only hope. Um, but yeah, and that and that I feel like is so typical of like things that happen to teens in their job. I also wanted to touch on uh so a lot of people's first job is either um food service or yeah. retail. And those are the jobs that report the highest rates of sexual harassment. Oof. And, and if you look at all of the jobs with high rates of sexual harassment claims, complaints, uh, unsurprisingly, it's jobs that have high concentrations of very low paid women. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. It's so funny. I like was trying to think when I had, cause I worked like shop, right? You definitely can't get away with that shit. Cause it's like a little bit corporate vibes. And also the pharmacy seemed sort of safe. It was mostly women. Um, but when I forgot that I worked at a fruit arrangement franchise. I did not forget that. <laughs> and I, I had a big problem with like a coworker there. Like he, oh my God, I am about to black out from memory, but it, I haven't thought about this in obviously a really long time. So after I worked at ShopRite, I worked at a uh, edible arrangement. Am I fucking saying it? And I worked there for years, five years under one management, like this old Italian guy who obviously we were like best friends. I really liked him a lot. Um, I had a couple of friends I brought on that worked with me and it was like kind of great working there. I actually really loved working there. And then management switched over and he didn't own it anymore. And it was run by this like younger couple who were just I, ugh, disgusting, hard people to talk to and deal with, just very, 
bossy, really thought I was under them, like, because I was just some, you know, cash register girl, they thought, which wasn't true. Obviously, I had been running that place for a while. And also, no matter what I am, you can't be that rude. Um, and they hired this guy to basically do my job, which I had been doing for years. And they were like, you just need someone a little older to like supervise. And I was like, okay. And then once he told me, I always thought you were fat, but you just have big boobs. Uh, and I was like, yeah, the man they hired to supervise, to supervise me. your boobs. To supervise my breasts. And I was like, okay. And you know, I, I, similar to what Molly said in the beginning of this, I didn't really know how to stand up for myself then either. Now I really would just rip his little face off of his face. But then, you know, you're like a shy, what, I was 18, you know, like you're yeah. just sort of not what you end up becoming. Um, and then, so like I, I complained about it, like not an official complaint, but I was sort of like, that was like weird. I feel sort of weird around Bruce. And then like, I don't remember when it was, like maybe a month or two after that, they, this couple summoned me to the back room by snapping towards me. Oh, and, and like recoiling. being like, hey, yeah, they're like, Katie, come here, snap, snap. And I went back and they're like, your, your position's been terminated. And I was like, and I left and I started throwing shit around. Good I was you. not fucking happy and everyone in the kitchen like loved me because they grew up with I was I was there since I was really young like I only worked at ShopRite for like a year and then I was there for a long time and they were like yeah just throw shit <laughs> like do it like that is fucked up I don't think they fired me because I complained I will say that but I think that they didn't like me from the beginning and I think they suck and I think if you're rude to kids there's a special place in hell for you why do you think you were fired? I think they, I mean, I think I know, I don't think they liked the way that the former guy ran it. And that's how I like continued to work. Mm -hmm. um, he was a little bit more flexible. Like it's five o'clock. You can leave even though we're open to like, you know, five fifteen. It's They were very strict with like my schedule. And I was young and I was in on some, I guess I was on summer break at this point from college. So I was like, home. Oh, I was like, I don't, you know, I'm like, still young. I don't want to do this. So I, I think part of it was definitely like my teenage fault that maybe I should have been a little bit more dedicated, but no, to no. snap it, it's just, I, I'll never forget them. And I hope that they uh, have really failed miserably in their life. And I'm sure they, they have. have. They have. Look, they have. Hey, teens or young people who are listening, um, anyone who you feel like is super unreasonable and sucks at their job and shouldn't be over you, they'll get theirs. They, I think everyone all like inevitably just does. They're taking their shitty lives out on you because they're ineffective people. Yep, exactly. Um, so, okay, I want to go back, uh, rewind a little bit. We were talking about uh, the American, uh, the American mall. Um, and I wanted to just quickly mention that people like people our age have uh, had a lot of experiences working at malls. Mall jobs are not going to be around for that much longer. And I was reading all these articles about how coronavirus is probably the death knell for malls. If you like to look at uh, empty malls, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really interesting footage and documentaries of malls that have just been completely abandoned. 
Uh, our pal Kelsey from Very Famous, a lot of her Very Famous website is kind of a shrine to the past teen glory of malls. Yes. Um, and you were kind of like a cool mall girl back in the day. Yeah, I liked going to the mall a lot. I think that's like every Jersey kid's thing. The mall is co- sort of the place. New Jersey, I just read that New Jersey is opening an American Dream Mall. It's one of the few states that's opening malls while the People rest of the in are Jersey love the mall. Why? It's I don't. Well, now that I'm an adult, the thought of going to a mall, I don't do it. I don't think I've been in a mall in a long time, but I love something about when you're young, it is the fun spot. I don't know. I never felt that way. And I only went there to work. And I thought, yeah, wow. Maybe I you didn't like it because you worked there. Yeah, I think I didn't like it because I enjoy natural light, which the people of New Jersey do not. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the International Council of Shopping Centers put out a survey that said that just 45% of shoppers plan to go to the mall this holiday sen- uh, season, and that coronavirus is kind of the death knell. And uh, J.C. Penney and J. Crew, but more surprisingly, J.C. Penney filed for bankruptcy this year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, there are a lot of when the, big... When the bigger stores start to go down, it's sort of like, huh. But even though they have online shopping. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, that might just be, like, J. Crew. like, who shopped at J. Crew? I think that that's more of an issue. That's not really related to the fall of malls. I think it's related to J. Crew's... Yeah. Oh the fall of chinos frankly i think it's jake cruz and that's okay with me and that's fine with me but um and those like pants with little turtles on them or whatever um you know j crew has those prints that's like tiny things um why why did we love that so much (laughs) um but yeah so that's that's one thing uh, about the labor force that's going to change. Maybe that's why there aren't going to be as many teen jobs because there aren't going to be as many shitty stores open. Honestly, that's like a really, yeah, if there aren't little weird edible arrangement or Chick-fil-A franchises around, where will the teens work? Do you want to tell the story about almost being murdered at your edible arrangement position? Which time? <laughs> when I was in the... When I was in when your the mom fruit closet. <laughs> when your mom threatened homicide. Oh, when I wasn't almost murdered. She almost murdered someone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as I mentioned, my former old Italian man boss, he, I really liked him. And we was holiday season. So I was a little bit more willing because I liked him and I thought he was like a nice man. I was more willing to work like crazy long hours that were absolutely not allowed when you were like seven, like 16 years old. Like it's just insane to work like a 12 hour day. Um, But I was like, whatever, I'll do it. And then my mom was like, it's like almost like very late you need to come home like this is insane calling like the store telling me to come home and I remember feeling very like torn because I also at the time just didn't want to disappoint him I was didn't want to not have a job I was like mom I don't really know what to do and you know I don't know what to do I'm just gonna stay and work and I thought that that had placated her but it did not and she drove up to edible arrangements where I work 
and nearly busted the door in, like walked right, I'm at the front, like doing some stuff in the back is like the kitchen area, like walked right past me, screaming to talk to the former boss and basically just threatening that if she, if he didn't let me leave, which is, again, he was not holding me hostage to be clear that she would uh, kill him. And she freaked out and was <laughs> screaming and was like, I'll kill you. My kid needs to come home, this, that, the other. And then he, because he's also a hot-headed Italian, like she is, was, was screaming back. And they were both just screaming. And I like just kind of like tiptoed my way out and like sat in the car, like waiting to be driven home. I was like, okay, time to go. What's so funny about this is this isn't even the story I was talking about that involves edible arrangements and attempted homicide. You know, I think if you guys are interested, write in and maybe we'll put it on Patreon. I literally don't remember. I'm telling you, whenever we do these throw these episodes where I have to think of childhood and teen, I got to be honest with you, it's not so easy for my brain. No, I no. do not think of the past. So it's hard me for neither. me. Okay. So the next story but that we, we can do a Patreon, but that was a homicide version of my mom threatening homicide. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's okay. So on that subject of things that are difficult to think back on and share. The next Mm -hmm. topic I want to talk about and share my personal experiences with are internships. Did you ever do an internship? No. Of course not. They're stupid. Yeah, I didn't want to not get paid. There you go. Your career trajectory was very like you did, you worked when you were a teenager and then you did like shitty little jobs after college Mm -hmm. graduation and then you got um, enlisted pretty quickly into the job that you're in now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a, an internship that involved and I've been in my job for a long time. So I, yeah, yeah, I didn't have this experience. So I had a lot more awkward in between starting out jobs than you did. Um, (laughs) um, that were all really, really awful, especially right out of college. So right out of college, I had majored in art history, like an idiot. Um, There are a lot of things I would do differently. Um, While those classes were very interesting and enriching, and I do enjoy looking at paintings, um, what was I ever going to do with that? Like, it doesn't, it's just, it blows my mind that, uh, that, and this is the problem with not paying for your own education, Mm. is you do things because you don't realize uh, how much, oh God, your video went away. Okay, there you are. Because you don't, you don't realize, um, you just don't know anything about the workforce. And I will say that yeah. I think that what education really fails at as a whole is preparing you for any kind of actual real world experiences. It's like liberal arts college just tries to funnel you into more liberal arts bullshit of like mm-hmm. academia and things that have nothing to do with the workforce and the way it is. Um, liberal arts, I just, I don't know. I question it as a whole. I get where you're coming from. But so after my stupid art history degree, I got this stupid art internship with this stupid gallery in DC where one of my idiot professors was like, oh, I know this woman. You should work for her at this gallery. Um, And uh, I want to, before I talk about what that internship was like, I want to talk about internships as a whole are obviously rife with exploitation and abuse because it's an unpaid job, essentially. So the rules, uh, so interns are not considered employees under the Civil Rights Act. 
Um, and oh, according to ProPublica, the only information we get about internship abuses come from lawsuits. A lot of complaints from interns go dismissed. Um, the rule, according to uh, the US Department of Labor's guidelines, says that an internship is supposed to provide training that would be similar to that which would be given in an educational environment including the clinical and other hands-on training provided by an educational institution. Basically, it's supposed to be a two-way street. You're supposed to be learning something and yeah. not just providing unpaid labor. Um, uh, in 2013, Judge William H. Pauley III ruled that Fox Searchlight Pictures had violated U.S. and New York minimum wage laws by not paying two production interns for work done on the set of the movie Black Swan. And Polly ruled that the interns had uh, basically done the work of paid employees, like organizing filing cabinets, making photocopies, taking lunch orders, answering phones, and derived little educational benefit from the program, uh, which is one of the criteria for unpaid internship mm -hmm. under federal law. And that's just the first example that I stumbled upon. There are tons of examples of this. I'm where sure. It's like this is not an internship. It's just it's just you. So at this art gallery, this woman, I had a really hard time. Um, <laughs> I was very like new to anything, and sure. uh, she was had a very like she would share a lot of personal details about her life, including about her relationship, including. Yeah details about uh, abusive behavior from her boyfriend that oh, made God. me quite uncomfortable and quite yeah like, and i was so just like young and naive and weirded out and i just didn't know how to handle it um and it was also really clear from the beginning that she really didn't like me <laughs> like there was something <laughs> about me that just really and and for the record i don't blame her i'm sure i was very useless in a lot of ways um sure. and uh, i was really i know that you have a hard time believing that i was ever shy but in this predicament i was extremely shy and just i believe it i just didn't know what to say or how to get anything out of this job which like all the like a lot of people have experienced in internships it was just me like setting up beer handing out beer cleaning setting up there was, never, there was never any information given to me about like, here's what running an art gallery is like. Here's right. stuff. Here's something that you could apply to uh, a future job you might want to have in the art gallery world, which those are jobs for rich people. Like uh, that should really Let's be, be real. Those are jobs for people who don't actually need money. It's so ridiculous that this was even suggested to me. So, um... So, uh, at one point I like asked her if I could, oh, and then the cleaning. So I was cleaning with a girl who was sort of above me in this unpaid position. And I remember we didn't have real cleaning supplies. And she was like, what I do is I just spit on the floor for the Holly. spots that are tough to get up. And so she was spitting, just like knocking <laughs> loogies onto the floor and scrubbing it with a rag and she was like spit spit <laughs> you gotta spit to get it off and i was like okay i'll spit and i'm like not good at spitting i don't know what it is i have some kind of a 
I have some kind of, uh, I drool, I drool in my sleep all the time, but for some reason, like, I just can't physically spit. I've never understood oh my of it. God. So I was trying to spit while, uh, and it just really felt like a real, real Cinderella scheme. And I remember, like, when she sent me for lunch, and I, like, brought her back the wrong soda, and it was tense after that. Oh my God, this is such, like, a, a, a movie, like, internship. It was. And then I had asked her if I could like move my schedule around or like not come in a certain weekend. And she lost her shit and was like, you don't take this seriously. This is a commitment, blah, blah, blah. Which I, that I will say that that was part of my understanding. It's like, if you're going to do this internship, you have to commit to showing up every weekend. But looking back, I'm just like, why? What was, I'm doing I, this wasn't, for free. I wasn't, off. I wasn't getting anything out of that experience. Yeah. Fuck internships that are unpaid. Um, yeah. So like, it's one of those things where it's like looking back and then as she was firing me and telling me to come get my things, uh, she said, you never asked a single question about how to run a gallery. (laughs) I was like, like, I don't don't know how to talk to you. You're (laughs) very strange. She sounds terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. She was, uh, uh, um, it really, that's one of those jobs where I like, I get chills thinking about it. Um, but that's terrible. I want to talk more about being fired. Um, I was also fired from a job that I had when I was 16, uh, working at a cheesecake shop, not the cheesecake factory. Oh, a cheesecake shop. A cheesecake. Well, it was called a cheese, but it was a cheesecake factory, not to be confused with the cheesecake factory. And I think the thing I did wrong there the most was I was very flustered with closing and I think I just wasn't neat enough. I don't know. I just wasn't. I just wasn't capable of a lot at that age. I can fully admit. And there was, uh, there was this thing where like you had to move a machine in a certain way to ensure even cheesecake slices. Sure. And I frequently forgot to do a, a really important step. So one of the slices would be uh, much smaller, smaller than the rest, which maybe doesn't sound like a big deal, but for a no, cheesecake shop, mm-hmm. that's everything, sweetie. <laughs> but they fired me very nicely. They were good at firing me how many times have you been fired uh only one other time (laughs) only one other time I was fired I was I had one of these stupid ass uh I think a lot of people in college get one of these jobs where you are working the call center that calls people up and ask them to send money to the college which is so funny because a lot of times you call people and they're like you want me to give you more money I'm in debt to you currently, and now you're asking me for more. Um, And that was hard to do. That, again, it was very hard. I'm not a salesperson, and it's just so hard to sell that idea because I know it's stupid. Yeah, I think your biggest issue with sales is that you're too aware. I'm aware and I can't get my dad always told me you can't be a good salesperson without larceny in your heart. And I don't I'm just. I have larceny in my heart. I was so good at the call center. Yeah. I would get people to give us money every time I was there. I know. You know what? It is charm. It's charm. I would just listen to those old hippies that went to Alfred University, yammer, yammer, yammer. And I would say, (laughs) And you would take them for all they were worth. And I was like, here's my direct banking. And just kidding. (laughs) Are you single? (laughs) What's up? 
I remember we had to like ring a bell over our heads if we got a sale. And I was like, or, you know, if we got someone to donate and I was like, they can probably hear the bell and it probably sounds very sad. Just me alone in a cold basement in upstate New York, like ring-a-ding-ding. I'll bet you sat down and that bell started ringing and it never stopped. It really didn't. They called her Katie the Cathedral Brant. <laughs> I like that. Add that to your imaginary lore. Um, so I read an article. So yeah, I got fired from that job. Um, I sucked at it, but then I also just didn't show up a couple times because... Well, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, time management, again, was not... I was not effective. In that, that comes way. with age. It comes with age. It comes with caring. I also didn't give a shit. I will it also say, comes with caring. I agree with that. <laughs> I will say that to the jobs that I have been chronically late to in my life, I was late because I did not give a single shit. Yeah. I believe so, that, honey. Being on time is important. It does show that you care. Yes. People like uh, punctuality. Yeah. So I read an article from Inc. that said that, and this was just about executives, but it said that 91% of fired executives bounce back and 78% make it to CEO. But those are executives and not schlubs like me. Um, I read another survey from Forbes that said the vast majority of people who get fired never see it coming and never get the chance to improve their performance. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, you fired people. Never, ever without the chance to improve, unless they okay. were doing something like egregious, which doesn't really happen. Um, never, ever without the chance to try. Yeah. I yeah. don't believe, I can't sleep at night if I don't give people <laughs> endless, endless chances. Hello, yeah. I'm getting married to Andrew. <laughs> um, I can't wait to unpack that in our wedding episode. He'll be on that. We can really just drag each other. Yeah. For an hour. That's going to be great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, did you ever, there were a lot of jobs that I did early in my life where I felt like I was being kind of asked to commit a crime or be complicit in a crime or bend rules. So the first job that I had out of college, I was working. Say allegedly. No, this is not alleged. This happened. (laughs) I don't have to say alleged if you're saying something that happened to you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I worked for this place that had law. It was, it was like a temple to its own former glory where it was like, it used to be a really fancy office space where they had these murals that were kind of partially covered and Mm. you would like open a desk in a, meeting place and there would be these tumblers that probably used to hold expensive scotch and like big big meeting areas that were now just full of filing cabinets that had these beautiful chandeliers but it was clearly like you were in the ashes of its former glory and I was told that the CEO had been uh had like it had gone downhill because the CEO which she was a woman and she was from India and so she got this it was a government contractor and she got um special status as a woman in a minority owned business mm-hmm. um and so that that like gives you points for the government when they're deciding who to award their contracts to right um so I was told that they only give you that special status for a certain number of years and then they move on and they weren't able to get back to that but then I also read that they were involved in a lawsuit where that same uh woman was that same CEO was um uh that she was 
uh, basically stealing from the pension plan or she was raiding. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so all these people weren't able to get their pensions. Oh, no. And more, much more recently, they're countersuing, saying that the IRS didn't calculate things correctly. But when I was there, it was all just like being in lawsuits and trying to prove that that's not what they did. And they were doing all this shady shit. Like, they were supposed to be audited by an outside company. What was the outside company? A company. Their own they... company. <laughs> Is that really common? No, no, but I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, it was like the guy worked in our building. He was no, always like. No, you cannot like, do that. He was basically her manservant, and he would like make her tea whenever she was there. And then he also Holy works shit. for this other company that does the audits. Yeah, it was. That is some backwards shit. Yeah, it was garbage. So at that job, I was asked to work overtime, and I said, will I be paid overtime as I am required to be by law? And they said, no, but we will still ask you to work overtime. And I said, fuck that. I will not be doing that. And okay, I guess I did kind of stand up for myself. I didn't good tell them. You. I didn't tell them I'm not going to do that, but mm -hmm. I never did it. <laughs> I always no, clocked good. out. I was always late and I always clocked out early. And that's justice. And that's why she can't hold a job as a teen. <laughs> so when I was, I guess, in college still, I worked for this woman who, in retrospect, was the day I met her. I should have realized how sort of unorganized and, like, difficult she was. But again, when you're young, it's like, who really knows? Um, she didn't pay me for, like, a month. And I remember being like, I don't know what to do. Because every time I talk her about it, she gets very sensitive and, like, upset. And yeah. she was running, like, a this, it was like a real business. Like it was throwing parties for kids and doing like art classes and stuff. For Sounds kids. I, mean, tough. I was her assistant. I wasn't, yeah, I, I was her assistant. So I didn't do that stuff. But then she would like call me in to do parties. And then I was like, but I'm not good at this stuff. Um, can you still see me or hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Your video is just lagging a lot. Okay. My, yeah, I know that my internet, I just got a notification. It's being weird. Anyway, so she didn't pay me for like a month. <laughs> Across the hall was this gym run by this like very heavy set, very short woman who was awesome. And she would like, well, we would see each other in the morning at night when I was closing up. And she came up to me one day. It's like, how's it going here? Like this woman seems crazy and I was like you know I'm gonna be honest with you like she hadn't paid me in like a month she's like okay so today's your last day call her right now and tell her you're quitting and I was like okay and she's like I bet she'll pay you the second you say that and she did not she I don't think I ever saw that last paycheck you know some people shouldn't be bosses and this is another piece of advice I have. I think that a lot of young people are victims of emotional manipulation from their bosses, especially, I'm going to say, young women, where yeah. it's like your boss makes you feel like, I oh, need sure. your help. My business is so sad. I need you to treat my business like it's your little baby. And it's like, uh, no, I'm your, you never fall for that. If they're not able to pay you or not able to make good on their promises, then they shouldn't have a business. Never. And that's how it is. And we're back. Okay, we had some technical difficulties and neither Katie and I remember what the heck we were talking about. But basically, I wanted to sort of wrap up by touching on college and what a racket it is and isn't. 
So, Katie, you've heard a lot of uh, stuff in the news about how college debt is obviously huge. Yes. Americans owe over a trillion dollars in student loans. Holy shit. Yes. But with the Brookings Institute, a nonprofit that does studies on this kind of thing, I didn't look into the Brookings Institute. Maybe they're a shadowy, creepy, uh, funded by lobbyists type of place. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But they pointed out that while Americans owe that much money, the bulk of the debt is held by people with a much higher median salary, which I guess oh. the point there is, uh, well, a lot of people have debt, but a lot of those people are people who can afford to have debt, I guess, or who are making more than the rest of us. I don't really understand that point now that I'm saying it out loud. No, me neither. The problem, like you're supposed, the point of going, of getting an education is moving up, like from, like moving up in the world from where you came from and college debt, I think is one of those things that makes it so millennials have uh, less uh, upward mobility than their parents did because of how much money they owe. So you know, there's, there, there's all that. Um, but, and yet the Pew Research Center ha- showed with their studies that the median salary for college graduates aged 25 to 37 working full time earned was uh, 24,700 more annually than employed young adults holding only a high school diploma. So I'm very into the idea, like I said, with the whole liberal arts education rant, mini rant I went on earlier, I think that a lot of school is just doesn't care about practical application and it's just geared to making you sign up for more school and to stay in academia. They don't really care what happens. I love the idea of people being able to pick a trade or a line of work earlier um, I just don't feel like liberal arts education has a, a role <laughs> for most yeah. people, unless you're a rich person who's just taking classes because you enjoy uh, the edification, learning about Western civilization and paintings, oh, cherubs, cathedrals. <laughs> um, who needs that? It's just not, it's just not uh, applicable to most people's lives. I've said that uh, enough times. Um, so I think we all like, agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's the statistics bear out that you will make more money if you attend college. It's like to make more money, you have to be able to prove to spend more money that you're either willing to lose a lot of money or that you already have money. It's also like by like, that logic, you if you're making twenty four thousand more, but you spent right two hundred thousand on your education. You're right. actually just still going to be behind that person who didn't get that degree because they'll have, even though they're making 24000 less than you, they're not two hundred grand in debt. So ultimately, don't go to college. Well, I think that the people it who It catches are, up. It'll even out, but still. Are, uh, okay, here's what I think. I think that it, depending on what you want to do, you probably should go to at least some college. Um, but you should get that nine to five out of, out of post-graduation and then do what you want yeah. freelancing and be thinking about what you actually want to do and be trying to get experience, not internships, paid no. freelance that pay at least minimum wage. And, you know, that's just for your first gig and then demand more. Um, but yeah, I think that freelancing is unfortunately, which is what I did for many years after my hellish experiences with jobs after college, 
-hmm. that was the only way that I was able to eventually now get a job that I'm doing something that I feel like I'm actually good at and qualified to do and makes some use of my uh, talents. Um, but uh, but it took a long time to get here. And now I'm making as much as I did when I was an executive assistant in my mid twenties, but I hated that go. job and I like it. my job now. So, yeah. but it is kind of a nightmare where I feel like I have just been kind of spun in circles. But what I want to say is uh, career trajectories are not what they once were. And you just have to, has to be willing to experiment and he has to be willing to say no to jobs that mm -hmm. are abusive and terrible and that you hate and stand up for yourself and also career pressure i think is like something people on the east coast have a lot more than in other parts of the world it's okay if you just do a job to make money and it isn't your dream thing and maybe you don't have career dreams and you just want to do calligraphy and then also make money and like that's also cool that's great that's actually i admire you and i think you should just work to make a living don't live to work if you can um and i think that's rock and roll i think it's absolutely rock and roll i think it's also a concession to the fact that if you want to get anywhere in life you're probably going to have to work more than 40 hours a week unfortunately i wish it wasn't so but there's still I, wish it, I too wish it wasn't so Work-life balance is just, I don't think it will be achieved in our lifetimes. <laughs> but you can certainly try. And now that we're all, I feel like, in this new way, like, think about this. It's now become sort of archaic, the idea that we all had to be in an office together for 45 hours a week. If right. you can work from home, you should. You should try to find companies that support that that you know you can build your own little world and work and do well and that's also key should we start new careers as career counselors i know as i'm listening to this i'm like i'm inspired <laughs> yeah no i would i just if you want advice i've said this before on other podcasts but if you want to if you have questions about being a freelance writer or freelancing in general i could probably help you out yeah, no podcast at gmail.com. And if you want questions about how to, how to, how to, how to charm people, I'm sorry, that can't be learned. Don't email Katie. How to succeed in business without trying was written about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is Just that a real thing? I work very hard. Yeah. Katie works um, very hard. She also works way more than 40 hours a week. That's just, uh, that's across the board. Just, but that's what I've chosen. And I love my work. But let me tell you, if I wasn't working at a place I love, I would probably just work to make money and try to do more fun things on the side. So if you yeah. want to talk about career trajectories in the big city, message me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've both given, we've given you homework and we've given ourselves homework and it's going to add to our already packed schedules of <sighs> working all the time, but finding ways to do what we love and we do it for you. Mm -hmm. uh, please join our Patreon. We uh, need money. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Right? Yeah. Tumbled out of bed and I stumbled through the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition Yawning, stretching, try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the street Traffic starts jumping with folks like me on a job from nine to five. 
I'm working nine to five. What a way to make a living, barely getting by. It's all a taking and no giving. They just use your mind. They never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. I said, now. Nah.